The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. I'm sorry to all that I offended by saying that the face in the crab that the crazy Florida woman found looks like Osama Bin Laden, not Jesus. I'm really sorry about that. Here's the deal. Jesus was from the Middle East. We've Americanized Jesus. We have. In my church, he is Irish. He's Irish Jesus. He's pale as a ghost. Jesus wouldn't have been pale. In fact, this might be my new crusade, to use a pun, unfortunately. I think that we need to get more authentic Jesuses in church. We'll work on it. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm not going to root for the Capitals. I'm not going to. There are some on Twitter, Mike Darney, who writes for some Penguins blog, he said, quote, Sorry, Penguins fam, but if your reaction to seeing this kind of stuff happening in D.C. is anything but, man, I'm so glad other cities get to enjoy what we've gotten to enjoy, then we're on opposite sides of things. It's no big deal to me, literally. I don't know what the it's no big deal to me literally means if he's talking about people who would be feuding with him or if he's talking about not wanting Capitals fans to enjoy what they are now enjoying. But all I got to say on that is, what the what? Why in the world would I want Washington fans to be happy? Why in the world would I want that fan base to share in something that we've had three times over the last decade here in Pittsburgh? Because I like people that much? Look, I do like people, but that doesn't mean I have to like sporting fans from opposite cities. I'm never going to punch a guy in the face. I will talk a little junk. We are all the same, just wearing different colors. But that being said, I don't like the colors that they wear. I don't respect the organization. I'm not a big Ovechkin guy. He's a great player. I love watching him, but he's also been a little dirty at times. Sergey Gonchar's knee, anybody? I don't like Tom Wilson. I don't like T.J. Oshie, even though he is an American hero. I don't like Matt Niskanen. The guy just talks, 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 never won anything until, well, now. So I don't like the team. I don't like the people who support the team. I don't like the people who steadfastly stood beside Tom Wilson when he was doing all the crap he was doing. No, I don't have to be happy for them. And maybe you feel like you're enlightened. Maybe you feel like you're a tremendous social justice warrior when you say things like you should be happy for another city getting to enjoy what you're enjoying not if it's a rival uh, f that that's not what sports is about let me be very clear here if you're a penguins fan that's rooting for the capitals or enjoying their excitement then you're not a good enough pens fan period do steelers fans root for ravens to win the super bowl no do they say, I'm happy that they now get to enjoy this? I'm happy they're going to have a parade down the streets of Baltimore. I'm happy they get to taste this kind of success. Hell no. F no. F that. That's not how it works. If West Virginia wins on a sun Saturday, I feel great about that. But if Pitt wins, my day, no lie, gets a little bit worse. 
rivalries are supposed to matter. If you think the Caps are the Pens' rival, then you can't be happy about this at all. Not in any respect. That's not how it works. I hate the Caps, but other fans deserve it. Nobody deserves anything. If you are a fan of a team that has long suffered, that does not mean that you deserve a championship. West Virginia's never won one. They will never win one in all likelihood in my lifetime. Now, and if they do, I'm not going to say, oh my God, we deserved it. No, you don't. No one deserves it. It's random. You don't deserve it. West Virginia's not a tier one power five school. They're on that next level. Pitt's on that next level. They're never going to win anything. And it doesn't mean that they deserve to win it whenever they do. Or if they get close. It doesn't mean that. It's not the way it is. It's not the way it works. Life does not work that way. If people don't deserve the same amenities, if people don't all get the same amount of wealth, if people can't eat food, if everyone in this world can't read, then why in the world does every sports fan get to enjoy a championship? We're very lucky to have born here in Pitt been born here in Pittsburgh. Sports fans in Pittsburgh are spoiled, not in the way that they act, but they're spoiled because they're spoiled. When I was growing up, I wanted for nothing. I was spoiled, and it's not because my parents spoiled me. It's because we had more spoils than other people. And that's a fact. It's the same thing if you're a Penguins fan or a Steelers fan. You've been blessed to have been born in an area that cares about sports deeply because the sports teams in this area have been successful. But you don't deserve it. Washington doesn't deserve it. It is fun to see the reaction on the fans' faces when any goal goes in because there's still that level of disbelief. It was fun to see home runs get hit in the wildcard game in 2013 because Pirate fans have never seen that before. But it doesn't mean that they were owed anything. It doesn't mean the Capitals are owed anything. So I'm not going to be happy for them. This does add to that rivalry, though. The Capitals' rivalry the last couple of years has burned very brightly. And if you go back to the first series, 2009, it burned very brightly then, too. 2009, to me, was the most intense, the most hatred I've ever had for the Washington Capitals because you thought they might be the Penguins' true peer. They were that damn good. They had the young superstar. People thought he was as good, if not better, than Sidney Crosby. Both teams mirrored each other. Well, now the Penguins have won three Stanley Cups in the Sidney Crosby era, and the Ovechkin-Washington Capitals have won nothing, and they're about to win their first. It burned bright back then. Imagine if they start to get closer. Imagine if they get closer to that even playing field with the Penguins. Ovechkin wins one. Maybe wins a con smite. It will be good for the rivalry. I don't want to see it, but it will make the rivalry even more intense, legitimizes it more. The other reason that this is done, that Penguins fans would say, oh, let them have their moment, is because they're trying to put up a wall so that Capitals fans can't talk junk after they win the Cup. We beat you bitches. Suck on that, Pittsburgh. I know this because I'm good at it. I know this because I do this all the time with my friends back in college. Big Rangers, Capitals, and Flyers fans. Before every series, I say, ah, you guys are going to win this one. I hedge it. If the Penguins win the series, I act like a jackass. If the Penguins lose the series, I can say, ah, I never thought they had a shot. I become bulletproof. That's part of it here. That's one of the reasons here that Penguins fans, some of them, are saying, yeah, we love 
love these guys. Oh, look at them. Look how happy they are. They should be happy like we were happy. Woo! Penguins fans also are lining up their tail of the tape. Crosby's got three cups. These Penguins have won a lot more. They beat Washington three times in the Sydney Crosby era. Blah, 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 blah. If the Capitals win the cup, and they look like they will, don't do the defense mechanism thing. Don't pull the we've got five card. Take it on the chin. They won. The Penguins didn't. Don't be a baby about it. Stop building your walls. It's like a doctor telling you, this is going to hurt. It is going to hurt. It sucks, but it's happening. They've earned it. Take it on the chin. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Going to hear from Vince Commonal from the point of Pittsburgh. He's on his way out to Las Vegas right now to take in game number five of that series. He'll hop on to talk about the series and about the Penguins fan base. Not hearing much from the anti-Murray contingent right now, are we? I love Marc-Andre Fleury. He helped the Penguins win the cup three times. He's a good man. Good ambassador to the game of hockey. But I'm Team Murray because I have always been Team whatever gives the Penguins the best chance to win. I care about the Penguins more than I care about any player. Pens fans do this thing where they're Team Geno or Team Sid or Team Murray or Team Flurry. I don't hear any screaming from Team Flurry right now. Why could that be? Oh, yeah, it's because he's got an 845 save percentage in the cup final. That's why. So now, all those Penguins fans who have been saying, Ryan Reeves should not have been moved, Ian Cole should not have been moved, Marc-Andre Fleury should have been the guy protected, all those people, you do realize that the Penguins are going to suffer the same fate as each of those previously mentioned players, right? Ryan Reeves, where's he been? Guess what? He's going to get eliminated just like the Penguins did by the Washington Capitals. Same goes with Marc-Andre Fleury, and it happened to Ian Cole before it happened to anybody else. They suffered the same fate. So for those of you who have been saying, oh, it's a bad idea to trade for Derek Broussard, I never thought it was. But I don't hear people screaming about that narrative anymore. Can you calm down a little bit about the Broussard trade? Can you stop saying it was a bust? Can you stop saying Flurry should have been a penguin? Wait a second. Let me listen real quickly. Yeah, it has stopped for now. I mentioned coming into this segment that bandwagons aren't that bad, and they're not. Capitals now, it creates a buzz in the hockey world. It helps hockey ratings. If you are a hockey fan and you want the NHL to succeed, you should want teams that haven't won in a while to win. Again, they don't deserve to win because they haven't won in a while, but you should want them to because it helps the ratings. That doesn't mean you need to want Washington to win the cup, but if they're there, it doesn't hurt. If Vegas is there, a new market, it doesn't hurt. It only helps. But I hate whenever Penguins fans and fans in general say, oh, that team, they didn't care until such and such. That team didn't fill the stadium until such and such. Well, Penguins fans weren't exactly great before Crosby and Malkin arrived. Most fan bases pay attention to their teams the most when their teams win. (gasps) Spoiler alert. Shocking, I know. But I had a buddy who was a big Boston Red Sox fan, and he said when Tampa Bay made the World Series, the Rays, when they dropped Devil from the front, when they made the World Series, 
He said, oh, look at all those Tampa fans now. Never seen them before. He's the same guy who would say, oh, nobody's showing up to Tampa games if Tampa was good and they weren't showing up. He'd be the first guy to point that out. We do that as sports fans. If a team's good and nobody goes, people say, oh, that fan base stinks. If a team's good and everybody goes, we say, oh, that's a bandwagon jumping fan base. I almost said the F word there. How about that? I know. How's that for the Crowley show? A scary. My heart, F word my heart's Crowley show. Oh, you got a button over there. You could dump the F. It would have rhymed had I said it the way I wanted to say it. You can dump the bleep. I hate fan base shaming from that standpoint. I had, well, I have a wife and her friend and her friend's parents were over back in college. All the roommates' parents were in a town, and a couple of them were from Philadelphia. And the guy goes to me, the dad of her friend, says, In Philadelphia, we sell out all the Phillies games. 45,000 people for every game. It's like if there was a Steelers game every night and they sold out. Well, what did the attendance do in Philadelphia the last couple of years? It plummeted. Why? Because they sucked. There are better fan bases than others. Steelers Nation, it goes wide across this country. There are a lot of friggin' Steelers fans out there. It's true. It's damn true. But most fan bases are the same. When the team's losing, the interest wanes. When the Pirates in 2013 were doing their thing, I made an appointment television every single night. Now I make an appointment television because I have to, because it's my damn job. That's the only reason I put on a Pirate game right now. That's it. Because God knows if I flip it on looking for Austin Meadows, he might not be in the lineup. When the Steelers aren't as good, if they are 4-12, and guess what? People aren't going to go to the games. When they were 8-8, eight and eight, go back a couple of years, and the Packers were in town, and Ben Roethlisberger threw that last-second touchdown to Mike Wallace, out-dueled Aaron Rodgers, threw for 500 and whatever yards, there's like 52,000 people there. That's it. Out of 65. Because people don't want to freeze their ass off for a loser. Capitals fans had no reason to be fans until Alexander Ovechkin got there. Because they had always been the Collapsitals. And then they've still been the Collapsitals, so it's always a reason for, in the back of your mind, to not get all that emotionally invested. People think fan bases are different. They're not. Cleveland didn't care about basketball until now when they have to care about basketball. Philadelphia forgot about basketball until now when they have to care about basketball it's the way sports works it's cyclical let's not scream and moan and bemoan the fact that teams are going to have bandwagon jumpers when they're at their apex coming up next vince commonal of the fishler report he's going to be in vegas for game number five will there be a game number six in washington he'll tell us it's crowley show Look like you just had a weird off-the-air conversation on our phone, Tom. It wasn't weird. It was just a little funny. Uh, a gentleman named Henry, I believe it was, called up, and uh, I asked him what his name was and what he'd like to talk about, and he went, is this uh, Verizon? And I said, no, this is ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Adam Crowley Show. And he started laughing and laughing, and I was like, well, do you, do you want to come on the show? And he and he was like, no, bud, but uh, 
the reason I did this was because I was listening to the show and I needed to ma- make a call for my daughter to Verizon and I must have just subconsciously dialed the number. Well, I hope that it works out for you. What did you say his name was? I think it's Henry. Good luck, Henry. Hopefully your daughter can figure stuff out with Verizon. He might be calling back right now. <laughs> Phone lines lighting back up. We got Vince Commonal on from the point of Pittsburgh. He's on his way to the airport to go out to Vegas as this series does shift to Nevada for game number five. Uh, Vince, thank you so much for taking the time today, buddy. Sure, anytime. Oh, there's the music. <laughs> Vince, the communist communal. We've been playing a bunch of national anthems on the show all week because we are trying to determine which teams to root for in the World Cup. So this will actually be the fifth national anthem we play today. Anyway, uh, Vince, this series cannot be going the way that we all thought it went, was going to go, huh? No, I think uh, most experts, uh, including myself, if you want to call me an expert. I do. Uh, Big <laughs> Vegas to uh, win the series. And I'm standing in the middle of a windstorm right now. Um, I-, I thought Vegas would win the series in five or six games. That uh, it's turning out that it looks like the Capitals might win it in five or six games. I think uh, the Capitals have uh, figured out the, the Golden Knights defense a little bit. Um, I, Mark Andre, Andre Fleury, yes, he's given up a lot of goals, but at the same time, I think he's really been hung out to dry a lot. Yes. I think maybe there's probably only, I would say, maybe three goals in the entire series that maybe he would want back. <clears throat> um, and I think that Vegas is really struggling with playing from behind because there haven't been too many times this season, this playoff season, when they've had to play from behind. Usually if a team scores against them, they score a minute later. It's just amazing what they've been able to accomplish up to this point. I don't think they're done yet, but it is a very tall task to win three games in a row, I think. The way that Vegas played last night, if James Neal pots that early one, if they don't hit as many friggin' posts as they hit... I think that they had a good shot to win that game. I don't think that they played terribly. Now, look, Washington obviously capitalized on all of their scoring chances. Meanwhile, Vegas did not. Uh, to me, it's not that Flurry's been bad. It's just that Holpe's been that damn good. Yeah, I mean, you look at the save that he made in game two. That game goes to overtime if he doesn't make that unbelievable save. And then who knows what happens in overtime. And like you said, last night, if you watched the beginning of that game, Vegas dominated that game. I mean, they, they hit, uh, I can't remember how many posts it was, two or three posts. And, you know, if even one of those goes in, like you said, James Neal misses a wide open net. Uh, you're talking about a series tied at two probably rather than Vegas being down three to one. You know, just that that, that little of a momentum swing could have changed the entire series. Um, and, you know, once they got down four nothing, it, it much over at that point, even though there's a whole period left. But uh, I think Vegas did some good things, obviously, the first 10 minutes last night. And then I think that they actually did some good things in the third period last night before they gave up that fifth goal. So they do have some things to build off of. And I also think that maybe they could get a little bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, motivation or momentum is the right thing. Probably motivation is the right word. From the Caps putting out their top power play unit uh, when they were when the game was well in hand and uh, still trying to score goals and pretty much embarrass them. Yeah, that's been a huge difference in this series. The Vegas power play has looked like, and the Capitals power play, even when they're not scoring, has been able to take such momentum. That's been huge. It seems like Vegas is always dealing with a bouncing puck, and I don't mean that in the quality of the ice. It just seems like they're really. 
helter-skelter, let's put it, in the offensive zone. And when it's working, it's great. When it's not, it looks awful. And Washington's defensive structure since game one, it's been fabulous. Uh, it's what really cut the head off the snake of the Penguins in game number six of that series. Yeah, I mean, they they have kind of turned the tables on Vegas. Uh, their, their attention to detail and commitment to playing defense it's kind of what Vegas was doing all the way up until this series. And, you know, not to make a pun, but I think it almost seems like the luck has run out on Vegas. They were getting every bounce, every turnover was going in their favor rounds one through three. And this series, they've hit, they've probably hit a dozen posts and like good chances on posts. Sometimes you hit the outside of the net, they say, oh, it's a great scoring chance. Sometimes it isn't. But I mean, literally like a dozen good quality scoring chances just ringing off the post. So none of those bounces seem to be going their way in this series. And uh, like I said, the Capitals have kind of almost turned the game on Vegas and their attention to detail and their whole team commitment to defense is really what's winning them this series so far. I got so annoyed with some guy on Twitter last night who said, oh, Penguins fans, you should be happy because a hockey market's getting to enjoy what you've enjoyed the last two years. F that, man. Why the hell should I be happy for Washington? No, that that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, if you're a Penguins fan, you want your team to win every year. And why, why would you take any enjoyment out of seeing any other team, you know, win, uh, if anything, if you're watching that, it, it should make you angry as a Penguins fan. You're saying, you know, these these Caps fans, they don't they don't know what what it is what it's like to win back to back Stanley Cups. They don't know anything about this. And even you know, Vegas is a good story. But if you're a Penguins fan, you should be upset that they've had so instant success like this. You know, so I, I think that's a pretty absurd uh, argument uh, by that uh, person on Twitter. Vinny Com, the communist, joining us here on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from the point of Pittsburgh, going to Game 5 in Vegas between Washington and the Golden Knights. A lot of people were freaking out after the Penguins lost to Washington. I was not one of them. I said, hey, the last two years have been great. You're not going to win them all. Now I feel even better about that opinion. Sure, the Penguins had flaws. Sure, they were not healthy. Uh, maybe that changes the series. Perhaps the Penguins are still playing if it does. However... Washington has proven themselves worthy cup champions if they're able to finish the deal here. And therefore, I'm not going to look at it as some great oh, scar on these Pittsburgh Penguins that they weren't able to beat this Washington team. Sometimes you get beat by a better squad. No, it's. I mean, th- this is the best I've seen the Capitals play during the Ovechkin era. I mean, this is the best I've seen Ovechkin play during the Ovechkin era. Not that he, you know, has been a complete failure in the playoffs. He's actually been very good in the playoffs if you look at his numbers. But I, I, it's not a blemish at all. I mean, it, losing to the eventual Stanley Cup champion or even the eventual Eastern Conference champion, there's no shame in that. You push them to six games in an overtime and a six game. I mean, there's no shame in that. I mean, there's, there's 31 teams in the NHL. It's really hard to win the Stanley Cup every year, let alone in back-to-back seasons. So, Again, there's no shame in the way the Penguins lost this season. They they have some things to fix. But at the same time, you know, they made it to the second round. They've made the playoffs longer than any other team in the NHL as far as consecutive years go. So uh, if you're a Penguins fan, it's still a pretty good time to uh, root for this team in Pittsburgh. Vince, do you think it's okay now that we can 
we can now put that narrative to bed about Marc-Andre Fleury needing to be the goaltender in Pittsburgh and Ryan Reeves being a missing piece, the Penguins' fourth line, and Ian Cole being a missing piece on the blue line. Wash, I never bought any of those narratives anyhow, but now all of those players is going to be laying behind in the waist as Washington moves on to win the Stanley Cup. They'll have beaten all of those players. Yeah, I... I never bought into that theory of we should the Penguins should have kept Murray instead of or I'm sorry Flurry instead of Murray. Uh, I mean he's ten years older. He makes two million dollars more. Um, Ryan Reeves is a fourth line player where you know over the course of the season he's not going to put up the points that he's put up in the playoffs. And really he's only scored two goals. He only has two points. Um, he's been effective. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time he's a fourth line player who's going to play seven minutes a night, and he's really most nights not going to have an impact on a game. Uh, Ian Cole, yeah, he, he, I didn't like that trade of him in particular. I, I like getting Derek Broussard back. I think that's going to actually really pay off for the Penguins this season. But at the same time, your, your fifth and sixth defensemen, they're interchangeable, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I, there's, there's always outrage when, when fans of one team see a former player doing so well for another team that's, I mean, you know, good for Mark Andre Fleury. I hope they do find a way to come back and win this series. That the Penguins made the right move by keeping Matt Murray and not Mark Andre Fleury. Vince, you covering the game, or are you going to get blasted? <laughs> I'm actually going as a fan. I've never actually watched a, a game as a fan, as a Stanley Cup final game as a fan. Uh, me and my friend that live out there, we actually bought Golden Knights season tickets as a just as an, an investment. Um, hoping that it would be a good investment, and uh, I guess you could say it turned out to be a really good investment. Holy crap. I forgot about that. That is a great investment. Have you been selling the other Stanley Cup final tickets? Uh, my, my buddy who lives out there has actually been going to the okay. games and you know just selling uh, his other ticket for face value. But during the season, we, we sold them, and uh, we did, we'll just, I'll just say we did pretty well uh, during the season. But uh, I, I can't blame my buddy. It's pretty exciting to be out there in Vegas and uh, you know rooting for the Golden Knights. So uh, if I was living out there, I'd probably be going to the games too. Uh, yeah, it'd be hard not to. I did just see that and you probably couldn't sell them for this, but I just saw that there are a pair of seats at Center Ice going for $24,000 tonight. Wow. You know, the Golden Knights do an interesting thing. They call it the Knights Pledge. Um, If you take this pledge, and I might have the details slightly wrong, um, you get the face value of the tickets at a slightly lower price for the playoffs as long as you agree to not sell them in the secondary market. Hmm. And they they literally have uh, employees combing the secondary market looking for tickets of season ticket holders that took this pledge and if you are found to be selling these on the secondary market and you took the pledge you have to pay back the difference in the money oh wow holy hell yeah it's it's an interesting concept and you know they're trying to keep other teams fans from uh buying the tickets just because you know it is las vegas and it's a destination city sure and you know so uh you know in a way it's kind of like interesting that they can even do that but uh at the same time i understand why they're doing it so my uh my buddy you know signed the document for that pledge so you know he if he does want to sell them for more than face value he has to do it you know just in person not on the internet vince you got married not that long ago now you're running off to vegas so i can only imagine that this means terrible things 
<laughs> it means that I have a very wonderful wife that has ah. allowed me to go to Las Vegas uh, a month after we came back from our honeymoon. That's a very good point. Uh, thanks for the time, buddy. Have fun. Uh, don't do any white powder, but drink as much as you can. All right, I will do that. There he goes, Vince Communal, the communist. Appreciate him joining us on the show. When Seattle starts to make their bid and they start to put tickets on the open market, we're going to buy some. That's a really good idea. I can't believe I didn't think of something like that. The show is investing heavily in Seattle, whatever they call them, season hockey tickets. They're probably going to be the Sounders, right? They already did that, I think. Wait, that's the the soccer team. I meant they're probably going to do the Sonics. Oh, uh, because the basketball team. Wow, yeah. Oh, nice. You're are you you're so young. Do you even remember the Sonics? They were the Supersonics. They were to me. So, damn, that's a great freaking idea, though. A great idea, and I'm sure you can get away with selling them on the secondary market. Twenty four thousand dollars for a couple of these seats on the secondary market. I'm telling you what, right now, I'd be. Oh, I should have done it. I'm so pissed that I didn't. Now, what a great way to make some money. Hey, you want to learn about Spain? We are determining which teams to root for in the World Cup. And by teams, I mean team. But right now, we're narrowing it down group by group, and we'll do it in tournament fashion. Right now, we're on Group B. We learned a little bit about Morocco earlier on in the show. Let's learn about Spain now. And you can vote on the Twitter poll, at underscore Adam Crowley. Nudity is legal in Spain. That's right. Nudity. You can walk down the street with your breasts hanging out. I mean, I wouldn't. But you can. Spain's average lifespan is 82 years old. That's 15th in the world. So you can walk around naked for 82 years. Spain has the second highest unemployment rate in all of Europe. According to a 2013 OECD report, on average, they devote 16 out of their 24 hours to leisure, eating, drinking, and sleeping. Damn right those peeps be good. Spain produces over half the world's olive oil. You mix that together with the nudity, I think you got yourself a nice little marriage there. And Spain is the world's third most popular tourist destination. Well, no bleep, that's because everyone's walking around naked covered in oil. I think Spain just made a pretty darn good case for itself there. Morocco and Spain have come out strong in this group. This might be the group of death for us. Morocco's all about the hashish and the cannabis, and Spain's all about the nudity and the oil. They, They get along, those two nations. Tom, sex or weed? You can only pick one. Rest of your life. Sex. Yeah, me too. We didn't even have to think about that. No. Now you can just keep drinking. Yeah, drinking and having sex. So far, here's the Twitter poll. Iran getting 8% of the vote. Portugal, 47%. Morocco, 14%. And 31% going to Spain. Wow. Portugal's running away with it. We haven't even taught them about Portugal yet, too. Yeah. How do you not pick Spain? I think Portugal's got a better chance of winning the damn thing than Spain. Yeah, I don't know. Spain's pretty good. They at used soccer. to be good. They're not. Oh, there they're anymore. not good anymore. Not good I'm, anymore. I'm, I'm living in the past. Yeah, according to CBSSports.com, they've got like the 16th best chances. Spain's they've come on some tough times lately. They have. It's because they're running around with women who are naked, covered in oil. I don't got time for that soccer thing. Devin, next up here on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Not as good as the men in Spain, though. Good to hear you're doing good. Are you doing good? Ah, oh, he gets the show. <laughs> no, I had to call you about when you said rooting for uh, a hated rival. When the Ravens played San Fran, I wanted San Fran to lose because I wanted us to be the only team that had six Super Bowls. 
But after it happened, I felt so dirty. I still oh, yeah. myself to this day. You know what? I still have myself to this day that, that, that I wanted Joe Flacco to have a ring. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel dirty when I think about it. Like, a minute right now. Uh, Let me make you feel better. Let me make you feel better because I think you're reaching out to me because you're having a crisis here. If Joe Flacco doesn't win that Super Bowl, Joe Flacco is probably not the quarterback in Baltimore right now, and Baltimore might have contended for a couple of more divisions. Joe Flacco stinks, and the only reason he's there is because he won that Super Bowl. That being said, they still won that Super Bowl. And you know what, Devin? You should feel dirty. I'm mad at you. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) How are you doing, though? You good? Are you good? Devin? I don't know if he's good. Oh, no. I said the other day that if you're going to call up to the show, and you're going to ask me how I'm doing, and I reply, you got to reply back. Like, if I tell you I'm good, I need you to know. I need to know that you heard me. Okay? I need to know that you're feeling me. I need to know that you actually care. Coming up next, it's the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined, and we'll teach you a little bit about Iran. Iran. Iran? Iran. 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 Crowley Show. LeBron James said about the whole White House drama. He said, whoever wins this series, nobody's going to want to go to the White House either. Bam! Can't blame him. I don't. I also don't care. I mean, it's such a big deal in the mainstream right now. And it's just not a big deal to me at all. Uh, Go if you want to go. Don't go if you don't want to go. And if you don't go, I understand why you're not going. Because I think the guy's a douchebag. Did you see the video of LeBron James sitting on the bench right after the J.R. Smith meltdown? LeBron asked his coach, Tyron Lue, do we have any timeouts? And he tells him, yeah, and he puts his towel over his head and puts his head in his hands. Poor, upset LeBron. You don't care, do you, Pittsburgh? Not an NBA town. It is a football town, though. The great unsponsored football segment Filled with knowledge and fun, brought to you by To Be Determined. Here's what Michael Kendrick said about an Ian Rappaport report saying that he was going to sign with the Cleveland Browns. Quote, no, it's not accurate. I don't know who the bleep said that. That bleep is bleep. Whoever said that bleep is bleep. That's all I have to say, man. I'm not really talking to anybody else about it. It's bleep. I don't like people like that. I don't respect people like that. And that's all I have to say. He then went on to tweet at Ian Rappaport and said, quote, you will never have my respect, Ian, end quote. Kendricks is signed with the Browns. The hell, man? What a D-bag. What a dick sporting goods. You can't do that. You can't drag him through the mud. He obviously has sources close to you that you didn't know about. Be mad at them. Whoever said that bleep is bleep. Well, the person who said that bleep and is bleep is your bleeping friend, you bleep hole. Sporting News ranked all 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. It was a terrible list. 
It was just awful. Eli Manning was 30th. A.J. McCarron was last. A.J. McCarron's better than a lot of quarterbacks that are in the league right now. I can tell you that. And Eli Manning, while I think he sucks, isn't the 30th best quarterback in the league. Here's how the top five went. Brady, Rodgers, Wilson, Breeze, and Wentz. Roethlisberger was sixth in the division. All right, let's play a little game. Tom, who do you think was ranked first? I'll give you all three quarterbacks. Flacco, Dalton, Tyrod. Who do you think was ranked highest of those three? It's going to be Tyrod. Tyrod is ranked highest. And where do you think Tyrod sat? Because you're right about that. 13th. He was 16th. Oh, That's man. high praise. That's the best quarterback the Browns have had in the, since Otto Graham. This division stinks. Dalton, 26th. Joe Flacco, 29th. Just ahead of Eli ahead Manning. Ahead of Eli Manning? Ahead of Eli Manning. The Flack Daddy. Elite. He's the best quarterback ever ranked 29th in the history of the game. Uh, that is how elite Joe Flacco is. This is all to say that the Steelers should walk away with the division again this year. And for a defense that you're afraid doesn't know how to stop the pass, who cares? Who cares? Six-year games are going to be against ass. The list stunk, but so do those quarterbacks. Bam. Secondary point. Joe Flacco has a higher career passer rating than Eli Manning. And Eli's going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. Quick side note on Eli Manning. The guy is the luckiest MF-er ever. His brother's Peyton. His dad is Archie. David Tyree's out there making friggin' circus catches. And Wes Welker dropped balls. If those plays don't happen, he ain't in the Hall of Fame. Bang. Last thing in the unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Reggie Bush is mouthing off. Because apparently he's on the NFL Network now. He said, quote, I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't learned their lesson. When you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, everyone in the world knew Pittsburgh was heavily favored to win. And they had way more talent. And a bye week. And at home. Jacksonville had already beaten them once that season. Leading up to the game, what did we hear? Guys looking forward, already talking about the Patriots. They're looking past Jacksonville like this is going to be a walk in the park. And what happened? They got punched in the mouth. They were down 21 to nothing in the first half. Seems like this happens year in and year out. At what point do you start to say maybe the players aren't responding to the coach? Or maybe there needs to be some form of culture shift there. End quote. <gasps> Sorry, we got to get to Iran. Tomlin ain't getting fired. So that's a non-starter. Nor does he deserve to be fired. I still firmly believe Mike Tomlin is one of the better coaches in the National Football League. That being said, the more this stuff goes on, the bigger the narrative becomes. Terry Bradshaw called Tomlin a cheerleader. Colin Coward says the Steelers aren't buttoned up. Now you've got Reggie friggin' Bush dumping on him. These things will continue to be said if the Steelers don't clean the drama up. Meanwhile, A.B. and Ben weren't at OTAs after the first week, and now A.B.'s on Twitter talking about getting peed on and spouting off against Bruce Arians and Mike Tomlin. So maybe, just maybe, the guy who wound up going out with Kim Kardashian knows a thing or two about drama, and he's right on the money with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <sighs> that was the unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Now to learn about Iran. We are trying to determine which teams to root for in the World Cup. And we're ultimately going to find ourselves landing on one team. Is it Iran? Let me teach you a thing or two about this country. In Iran, 
Couples that want a marriage license are required to take an hour-long lecture on contraception. That might be something that we should consider here in the States. Approximately 14.2% of Iranians are obese, making it the 41st most obese country in the world. America, Samoa is the largest, with 75% of its population being obese. My God. The United States is sixth in the world, with 33.9% of the population obese. All due respect to this great country, I thought we'd be a little bit higher than 33%. Iran's capital and largest city, Tehran, has some of the world's worst air pollution. An estimated 27 people die a day from air pollution-related diseases. Nearly half of Iran has an arid desert climate. It receives less than four inches of precipitation a year. Incidentally, Tom's girlfriend receives less than four inches a night. Approximately 70% of Iran's population is under the age of 30. How weird is that? Iran is one of the primary transshipment routes for Southwest Asia, heroin to Europe. Over 3,600 Iranians have been killed in the past 25 years fighting heroin smugglers. Have anything else in Iran? Oh, yeah. Females over the age of nine must wear a hijab in public. Here's guessing that Iran does not win our Twitter poll today. That's a wild country. That seems like a very dangerous place, man. Yeah, you can't breathe. You're fat. And you gotta cover your face if you're a woman. Meanwhile, in Spain, you can be naked and get oil rubbed all over you. Meanwhile, in Morocco, they're all about the hijab. They're sheesh. high all the time. They're high Morocco. the whole time. So I'm thinking, for me, it goes Spain, Morocco, Iran, big gulf between Iran and the other two. Coming up next, I'm not going to root for the Capitals. I think people who are rooting for the Capitals are terrible Penguins fans. It's the Crowley Show.